When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast, now on Pantheon Podcast. You go to their website and check out uh, several different podcasts that uh, might fulfill what you want to hear or see. So check out Pantheon Podcasts, and uh, you'll find, you know, something you enjoy. Something for everybody, Brian, right? The PantheonPods.com. Check out all the social medias. Uh, they do a good job promoting everybody. And if you, there's not something on there that you like, then we can't help you because there is no there's help plenty you. on there for you guys to like. Speaking of liking, what's uh, what are you liking these days, Brian? Well, and and know, how, how are you doing, by the way? How are I'm you good. doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I saw Whiskey Myers and they were fantastic. I don't know if we mentioned this already in a previous intro, but if we do, I'm repeating myself, which is okay. Um, they're one of your favorite bands right now. They're like a top yeah, three for band sure. Um, but what I'm liking is kind of surprising me that I've uh, that I've been coming around to the idea of tribute bands, and some of that started with the Americans because the thing I appreciated is they weren't impersonators. And I right. think that's the difference for me is like the impersonators I can kind of do without, you They're know, not well, dressing up as Chris and Rich and Mark and yeah, Sven or um, Johnny. Yeah. I think the original, the original Beatlemania that was probably authentic. That was probably cool. Probably the original Elvis impersonators are probably cool. Um, the first kiss uh, tribute band, which I believe Tommy Thayer, who's in Kiss now, was in that band. With he, he used to be in a band called Black and Blue, and the singer Jamie St. James and Tommy Thayer were in. Strutter. That was a good band too, Black and Blue. What, they, oh yeah, they did like what maybe two records or something. They did four altogether. The first two were good until Gene Simmons started producing and he ruined them. 
because they had a little bit of a bluesy edge to them, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, right. But I've been coming around to the idea of tribute bands. Now, I think part of it too is like talking, talking to Andy, Eldort, and Alan Paul about their, you know, their their Almond Brothers tribute band. Um, and you know, this is going to be coming up later on. Uh, Jennifer Lynn and the Groove Merchant Merchants. Um, they're going to be doing a, a, a tribute to uh, Fillmore East with the Almond Brothers, and so she's going to come back on soon. That's part of it. There's like it's when it's friends, it's like, hey, I got a bias. But really, also what happened was with talking to Alan Paul, and we started talking about um, Watkins Glen. Of course, so the band played in the Grateful Dead. Now with the Grateful Dead, I've always kind of put my toes in the water here or there, and uh, you know you know listen to them for a while and it's almost like getting close to a planet and into the you know the gravitational pull but mm -hmm. this time i'm really in a deep dive and there's a ton of grateful dead tribute bands and some are pretty good and you know for if you want to you know for any of us that want to have an authentic experience you know that never saw the original almond brothers never saw you know, maybe people have said seen Dead and Company, but they never saw, you know, you know, the Grateful Dead even before they got really big, which is kind of the tail end of everything for them. You know, it's I'm more open to what I see in these situations where the music truly and in, in, in I think, especially with the Grateful Dead, I think the music is sort of bigger than the people who made it you know of course you know we can argue say jerry garcia was a rock star and all that but i think as talented as those guys were they were just kind of a conduit for the music and you maybe could say the same about the allman brothers you know so for sure. you know, i'm okay i'm okay with, with with those kind of situations and like i said with with the americans I'm, I'm okay that you know like i said you find yourself young and go oh man i wish i would have born in a different era you know what you can go out and find yourself a good tribute band that's authentic and it's really the music that they're carrying on that celebration of so i'm with you especially if there's bands that are no longer around like an allman brothers band yeah. or a zeppelin or the grateful right. dead oh, you know and use those last like dead and company is is pretty much a tribute band to the grateful dead you've got people that played with them um leonard skinner man we, we love right. skinner but like that's a that's a tribute band these days, right? Because there's no Fairly, original yeah. members yeah. in that band. There's nothing wrong with that because Leonard Skinner, those guys are dead. You know, uh, most of the Grateful Dead. You know, that there's no great. There's no problem with that. Because like on, I'm on a ton of like uh, Skinner Facebook groups, and there's some that are like after ronnie like how dare you you know and there's right. always going to be purists and that's always fine. yep you know and but i'm thinking well if skinner now is a tribute band they're certainly the best skinner tribute band same thing with dead and company they're certainly the best you know yeah. dead tribute band i mean maybe there's a little bit of you can say dark star orchestra or joe russo's almost dead but mm -hmm. um you know bob weir's still there you know and mickey hart's yeah. still there you know and uh so yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I've just I've I've warmed up to this idea of tribute bands. I think it's okay. Uh, the impersonators, not so much. I've there's I used to have access, you know, AXS, Access TV channel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All the music like stuff a on there. They had yeah. a show that was just 
dedicated to that. I don't think I ever watched it. But like the like the Vegas or the club acts where, hey, these guys yeah. are completely trying to impersonate. They're impersonators. I think that's what you. you we have it. one up here that I'm not going to say the name of, although I don't think any we have any metal metal audience up here. I, I can't even think of their name now anyway, but they do like uh, the band comes out and plays they have their one the band is like the same band but they have a bunch of different lead singers that come out and impersonate ozzy and paul stanley and sebastian Bach oh. and vince neal yeah. and axel rose um so that's a different that show that, that i'm not a huge fan of and then you could do like a tribute band but with your wrinkle on it like what i'm thinking of the right. iron maidens which are an iron right. Maiden tribute band but they're all females and like nita strauss used to play with them and it's you know they just came through columbus not too long ago and i was going to go but i had plans unfortunately that night but i would have totally gone yeah and like jennifer said too it's like these days you almost need like a theme to to, to put on shows you know well, it's it's hard out there, Brian, for acts, especially for independent acts, right? It's you don't have the the big record companies and all that stuff and all the power behind you like you used to, and you're kind of a one person person show. And like speak, you know, speaking of a one person show and independent artists, <laughs> so we're going to talk to you today. Yeah, we have our friend Jack Hollow coming back again, I believe, for the third time. Who we met her at Rock and Pod Expo. 2021 in nashville uh she's wonderful and uh you know we usually don't you know uh spo do spoilers at the beginning but we talked a little bit about you know the contrast between positives and negatives of there's not the big huge corporate record company promotional machine but there's also benefits to that as well yeah, and, and you've got she, the freedom to do your music the way you want to, but not the horsepower behind getting it out there and yeah. getting shows and all that. Yeah, and she sure she certainly uh, lives that, as you know, you guys will hear, and she's told us about it. Of course, I know everybody pretty much has heard that she opened for Melissa Etheridge. We we go into bigger detail about that. So that is absolutely a huge feather in her cap, and yeah, and playing the Ryman for Melissa Etheridge when she worked on her record. first. Yeah, when she worked on her first record with Michael Wagner. So she, she's got, you know, she's got some, like I said, pretty good feathers in her cap. So uh, She's a great artist. She deserves it. And we expect to see her explode across the rock universe. And we'll do anything to help her get there. So you guys kick back and relax and listen to our conversation with Jack Hollow. <laughs>
We're here at the guest segment of the podcast. Jason's going to tell you guys, yeah, well, you know who's coming up, but Jason's you know going to introduce her. And it, you know what? It is one of our favorite people. She's been on multiple times. So I always got to think to bring up a different way to introduce our guest. So I'm going to say right now, we've got caught lightning in a bottle. It's rocks. It girl. She's blowing up all over the place as we knew she would, Brian, when we first had her on on the show, but we are welcoming back our friend, Jax Hollow. How you doing, Jax? Fantastic, guys. Thanks for having me on again. And uh, I know we'll talk more about this, but uh, Jax, for anybody who doesn't know, you probably do know that she recently opened up for Melissa Etheridge at the Ryman. So, Jason? Yeah. So, Brian, I think our first question to Jax, because we know all about her background already, because she's been on multiple times, is what the fuck was that like? Yeah, right. Um, the best day of my life so far. Yeah, definitely. Hands down. Um, just a crazy, crazy experience. Um, so that was a solo show. Like I was up there by myself on that Ryman stage opening for Melissa Etheridge. And I had an out of body experience for the entire night. <laughs> yeah. How did that how, come how, about? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, um, I don't know, Melissa Etheridge, she, like, found me out. I had no followers on Twitter, by the way. I Now it's called X. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that stuff. But, <laughs> no, you know, yeah. So, um, she found me on Twitter, and she, like, messaged me, and I was like, wait, is this, like, actually Melissa Etheridge? Like, I don't even have a following on this. I only have it because someone told me I had to have it. And um, we follow you on Twitter, X. Hey. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we should, should be called X Twitter. That's a better name for it. Oh man, crazy, wild times. But yeah, she reached out, and I was like, um, she's like, hey, I dig you, and I'm like, um, I, you're like my idol. I, I play your songs downtown. I get requested all the time to play your stuff downtown. I was like, anytime you need an opener, hey, here I am. She's like are you in LA? And I'm like, no. And then she's like, ah, and then like, I didn't hear from her. And I'm like, uh, rip. <laughs> and then we get an offer from her team, uh, to open at the Ryman. And, um, it, I like fell to my knees when I got that news. I was like, this is the coolest thing to ever happen ever. And it, it was insane. It, the, not, the whole entire night was insane. Insane. The, the, the standing ovation was like, um, I don't know, man. I like don't even remember what happened. I like dropped to my knees. It was it was just like the craziest thing in my life. That is an extremely emotionally powerful clips out there of you at the end of the night with a standing standing ovation and you kind of on your knees in a daze. And if you haven't, people are listening. If you haven't seen it, go to Jack's social media. It's all over. It is stupendous. And I will say, do you even? Do you even remember what was going through your head at that point? Because you literally looked like, I don't know what you, like, you just looked lost in the, mo in the moment. I was, <laughs> I was completely <laughs> lost, man. Like, man, I've been working so hard for so long and it just felt like in that moment, I was recognized by like 2,500 strangers as like a, hey, like, keep doing what you're doing, actually. And that is, that's all anyone of us like all these struggling artists that's all anyone wants it's just a sliver of recognition and i got that i didn't get a sliver i got like an entire like river <laughs> i don't know it was just it was so emotional and so crazy and i just 
I was beside myself. So I'm like, well, who are they clapping for? Like it, you were the it, only it, one on stage. It didn't make any sense. I just, I just lost it. I just got on my knees and I like, I don't know. I was like, it was just crazy. Yeah. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. When you said you played solo, are you talking just you and your guitar so your band wasn't behind you? or Yeah, it just a solo looper thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And you, how much time did you get to, to, to talk to Melissa Etheridge? Was it short? Was it, you know, I know that's your moment between her and her and you, so not asking anything specific, but. Sure, yeah. Um, She was super, ah, man, I, I don't even know, like she. She's just amazing. She took me uh, backstage at the Ryman in it's called the Gibson room. And um, she's like, well, her team was like, hey, like Melissa Etheridge wants to talk to you after her set. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll be there, (laughs) you know, so uh, I'm there and um, I'm there with my mom. My whole family came to see the Ryman show and they're like, bring your mom. And I'm like, hell yeah, (laughs) bring my mom. And we got to meet her. and, and, And I was like, how can I even like begin to thank you? And she's like, what you just did tonight. Don't stop doing that. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, And then she like, she just gave me compliments. And I was just like, still having my out of body experience. And, um, and she's like, I'd love to see more of you. And I'm like, anytime. And then she gave me your phone number. And now oh. I've got her phone number in my phone. And wow. yeah just that's that's, that's it awesome yeah ryman i've taken a tour of it brian i think you took have taken a tour yes, of ryman, right and there is a energy about it even when no one's in there performing so what is it like when you're actually on stage by yourself playing it's indescribable i for sound check i well actually Oh man, <laughs> that was my first time ever on there because I came to Nashville. Man, I couldn't even afford to like do the Ryman tour. Like that's how. Like, yeah, 
And so the first time I actually was there or backstage or touched the Ryman was on July 30th. And so I, they're like, your sound check time. And I said, okay. And I went out there and I just like squatted down and like just spent like 15 seconds just like with my hand on the floor. And just like feeling it. And then the first note that I played was um, the intro for Wolf and Sheepskin. And I've got the Strymon Cloudburst and um, uh, and this ambient delay on my timeline, another Strymon pedal thing. And the, the frequencies and the notes that it was creating like around, just humming around the pews and circling back to me my jaw dropped and I just I stood back and I just was in awe like I started tearing up I was like there's just no way this is so magic I've never heard anything like it so when you play at your sound check, there's really nobody. You know, there's a couple of people moving there. But now you're on stage actually performing to a full house. Does the energy change any different? Does the sound change any? Oh, yeah. The sound changed a lot. So I actually experimented. Um, man, the sound guys at the Ryman, shout out to them. They're such an incredible group of guys. I mean, you know, the best of the best. And um, we were working out the sound. And I was like, I was like, you know what? why don't we just have no monitors and I just see and feel how this thing is falling in real time. Ooh. And I just, and, and, um, and we did that and it would have worked out like good, but then I'm like, man, if I'm looping at the end, I actually probably need some in my monitor. So I'm not just going off of what I'm hearing bouncing back at me. So we put a little bit in the monitors, but for the most part, it was like me listening to what's happening in real time, which I think actually uh, enhanced the interaction that I had with the crowd. Cause I really was like, I was, ex I was watching it and listening in real time as they were watching and listening to me. So it was like a combined effort, I guess. I remember you talking when we first met you at rock and pod 21 about when you were, uh, I was listening, sitting, watching the women's music conference thing. And you were talking about the first time that you ever came out to like a bigger significantly bigger crowd than you had had and just like like that it was just like kind of overwhelming and magic and all that did that happen again at the Ryman or is that so much more is was it similar to that it's so much more it's just like I don't know talk to anyone who's played mm. there I mean Ed Sheeran just played there I think like I don't know not even a week before I did and you're better than him no, 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 but but he he was there and he literally posted about it and he was like, "This is the best um, stage in uh, America. Like this is the best stage in the U.S." And um, and then he played, you know, what's it called, the stadium, like the next day. But he oh, he like the football, the like the Titans stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like he prefers the Ryman over mm. a stadium. Well, um, the sound has got to be better. The experience is better. Sure, the stadiums, but man, it's just the as an artist. Yeah, I don't know, guys. That was what eight days ago, seven days ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're excited to talk to you because yeah. it's so close to that defining moment. I 
was this, I would say this is a defining moment in your career so far. Yes. Defining moment in my life too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Defining moment. You're so close to just still get these experiences from you because they're still new and you can still remember them so much. Well, I feel we should also talk about, you know, it's not that long ago that you, you know, released your, you know, second record, only the wild ones. Can we talk about that from when it was just like a, an idea and all the way through completing it? Sure thing. Yeah. Um, again, I was working on uh, cruise ships. I was on the, the bottom of a cruise ship writing for the next record. And basically that's how I pay for the records is uh, during the off season, I'd get on a cruise ship and play um dad rock <laughs> and then uh Wait, and I love let's, it. let's you know, define dad rock what yeah, is that what do you yeah what do you de determine dad rock to be yeah sweet child of mine crazy train you know Ryan, and all the stuff that was when we were young hey, I love <laughs> it. dude i love that shit are you kidding me I, i'll play that i'll play that every day and i did basically <laughs> you know but so I, i'd save up for the record to playing um classic rock right class Jax, one day you'll be in a position where the music that you <laughs> lived with when you were younger will be the classic rock and then one day it'll happen i hope not like then we get like uh what that the hey ya stuff uh mumford and son <laughs> bullshit no way <laughs> yeah we'll call them hey ya rock hey, hey. Rock. oh wait, no it's hey ho hey ho. <laughs> that's it yeah uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you're using your time and a lot of people do the cruises you know as as well it makes money you get a chance to play every day and and, and stuff um i mean boy i don't know where am i going to go with this how does riding on a cruise ship influence your riding it influences it because it uh like it gives me actual like ample time to explore stuff so you it really just comes down to logistics of it your food is there your housing is there what are you doing okay you're playing three sets 45 minutes a night okay the rest of the time is yours go out of the ship explore countries come back on the ship uh practice dig in write, and then perform so it really it really is uh it could be a great uh, training grounds for what you want to do as an original artist so i basically took advantage of that you know i don't have to worry about rent i don't have to worry you know i'm out there for five months you know um wow five months yeah but i'm not doing i'm not doing it again man I, i'm gonna figure out a different way to pay for the record this time because i can't do it again man you open for melissa etheridge i know line, right like i should be able to <laughs> to do the thing now right but you never know you never know it, it's hard it's so hard you know, but, but this, but this gives you like different marketing than you've had before. Yeah, I may, I think so. Right. I, <laughs> I don't know. I would, it just happened. It just happened. I don't know. <laughs> are you getting, I mean, are you, I mean, we're getting off. We'll get back to the record in a minute, Brian. Sorry. But are, have you started to see more people contact you now since you played that gig? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I'm always, I really, I'm in a, in a place right now where I just want to keep making new connections and, and I'd love to build a team. So like, I'm trying to find like, like-minded people who maybe go against the grain a little bit and are more into it with like the artistry and the performance and instead of like, you know, all the other bullshit, the music industry bullshit. So, um, I mean, I'm still looking and I've got a couple offers. I, I don't know um it 
yeah, I can't announce anything until things. Oh, are sure, sure, sure. I've learned that. I've learned that lesson. It's a hard lesson to learn. Other independent artists do not announce things until things are in writing. Until the ink's dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, because uh, I've done, I've jumped the gun so many times and I had to be like, whoop. And then people get mad at me and I'm like, ah. <laughs> Brian, go back to record question. Sorry, I diverted us. Yeah, we were just talking about the record. Like we know it just, was just a twinkle in your eye to till it was finished and out. Yeah. So did you go so, on the cruise ship, Jax, with with songs ready to be written, or did you write while on there? I wrote while I was on there. There were maybe like two songs that I brought onto the cruise ship with me, but most of it was written there and then hastily, like um, in between sessions, like in 2022. Um, and um, actually, uh, you're talking about the Rock and Pod. Uh, is it the rock and podcast thing yeah yeah, yeah. rock um, and pod expo i think is the right yeah word. well that's where i met juanita copeland the ceo of sound emporium which is where i recorded only the wild ones in studio b so i met her that on that stage during the women's panel thing and um and uh yeah she's been great championing the record she she helped produce it in a way because she actually like thought about man, I've got this roster of so many different musicians in town and I'm going to um, kind of produce the record by picking who I think would be a really cool mashup for you. And um, it just worked out really well. Like, you know, some incredible studio musicians on the record. You can go through and, and see see everybody involved. Um, it, it really was a group effort because there was no defining producer on this. It wasn't like how I had Michael Wagner on Underdog Anthems and he was like, you know, defining force that was really just like throwing pain at the wall. And then me being like, I don't know, that doesn't sound right. And then taking it back and then throwing it again. And then um, so definitely for the next record, I'm looking for a producer, producer. I'm looking for a sound, you know, I really want to have a good marriage with that, you know. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm my ears, my eyes, my heart are open for the next record. And I've already got some I debuted one of the singles I think is going to be on the next record on the Ryman stage. I wrote it like literally three weeks ago. It's called Changing Suits and I'm ready, you know? <laughs> yeah. You got to write a song about the Ryman experience, man. That one was um, about record labels rejecting me and then me being like, oh yeah, look at this. You know, let me play yeah. this song on the Ryman stage. And so, you know, I guess, you know. Look where I am at, you bunch of jerks. <laughs> So, uh, on, yeah, on this new record, Jax, and tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. It feels this feels more like you and an autobiographical than your first record. Um, it's very diverse. It feels more like your language on the songs and your stories than the first record, which mm -hmm. is great. You know, it's you got the, some of the shredding stuff, but this just feels like it's more your voice. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Um, I really dug so deep for this one. And um, I just like to continue to see like how far I can push myself. Um, it's it's always good to do a couple uncomfortable things a day. It's, it's really good if you start your day doing something that sucks. Like before the Ryman, every single day I woke up and I ran for three miles at that uh, track in Hendersonville. 
you know that high school i don't know i guess taylor swift went to that high school in hendersonville and so i just like loitered and woke up like every morning and ran three miles every day do something that sucks right as soon as you wake up and then you're like damn what's next i can handle it you know and and i wanted to prepare myself for that adrenaline rush because i was like i don't know what this is gonna feel like i don't know if i can handle this and so i'm like if i just like push myself physically hopefully fully them pushing myself mentally will eventually uh sync up you know and i don't know if i could have handled it if i wasn't you know doing that every day for like a month straight you know so jason just mentioned kind of what his perceptions of it and so i talk about mine and i think i don't know if we've talked about this like an inch or whatever just or when we weren't rolling but to me it sounds like the word i'll use and this is more general is like I feel like you opened, you know, you you showed your vulnerable side of yourself or opened up a little bit more where the first record is, hey, this is who I am and bam, bam, bam. And don't you, you know, but this one feels a little more like open or vulnerable or a little more, uh, uh, I don't know, sensitive or like that. Is that, is that, uh, does that take accurate at all? Yeah, for sure. So like, you know, I studied songwriting at berkeley college of music which was a mistake <laughs> but uh um you know with all the debt bullshit, you know but um anyway that's a whole other podcast to talk about but i went out of there i came out of there and i was with a very stringent like um this is how you create a a hit and you have to fit in this box and a bit of that I still like was wrapped around it wrapped around me and I didn't get to shake it off yet and that I feel like you can feel that in underdog anthems it's still like here's my rock hit like here's my chorus here's my ripping guitar solo look at me when then I'm like you know what like that's not really me like I'm like anti-social introvert (laughs) like you know uh but how do I but I can't just be an anti-social introvert because I love connecting with people and performing live so how how do I forge that connection and oh let's just be like honest with what I'm writing and um, there's a really great quote for the songwriters out there I, I think I got this so let me backtrack Berkeley wasn't a total mistake I there were some classes that meant a lot to me one of them is Livingston Taylor he's uh, James Taylor's brother he's got a class called a uh, performance etiquette and he said what did he say never let reality get in the way of truth when you're writing so you know johnny cash never went to Folsom prison i mean he never like was in prison you know or whatever right 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 right, right. but like so net but he has the the grit he knows what it's like to go through some shit you know never let reality get in the way of truth like you have these like bursts as a writer and a creative to create there's a reason that you're taking this on otherwise why would you be doing it there's a lot of shit you have to go through to be on before you can be on that Ryman stage right like you have to pay your dues like times 10 and um but that doesn't mean follow your instincts with the mood that you're creating when you're when you're writing songs is what i'm trying to say don't let the reality get in the way of it and i was i was exploring that a lot with the next with the only the wild ones you know, there's a lot of truth behind everything. Not everything's totally 100%, you know, sure, exactly how it happened. But uh, it's important to, I don't know, I'd be honest with. So you're not necessarily hanging out, smoking pot with heathens and whores every day at high school. 
Right. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I came from Western Mass. I grew up, I, you know, what a blessing to grow up in a small town. Well, I graduated with like 30 kids in my grade, kind of like this hippie little school. It was like a progressive, uh, I don't know what. Uh, they like let us run around in the woods and in order to get back on the bus, we had to do like this bird call thing. Like, <laughs> Right. So like figure out how to get back. Uh, you get lost. You got to get back to the bus, you know? And, you know, I, I don't know. Like when they took us <laughs> to like, farms and I was like clipping sheep toenails, like for learning, and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, pretty progressive stuff. That's like, Brian, that's a career every, or a skill everybody needs how to <laughs> clip sheep toenails, right? Right. Indeed. <laughs> you know, but get you to the Ryman stage one day. Yeah, you know, you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go to a progressive hippie school in Western Mass, see what happens to you. Yeah. But I love it. Uh, yeah, I love it. Brian's right. That first record, you know, obviously for the from the production, you can tell it's kind of in your face. I think it showcases a lot more of your ability on guitar on that, which is you're incredible. You're one of these up and comer guitar slingers that you can you just get it. I think the second album, though, it showcases your voice. First one showcases you're mm -hmm. playing. This one showcase your voice has come a long way or the fact that it's showcased the way it is shows your range and emotion and it is thing that struck me the most about anything about this this record compared to your first one yeah that's all thanks to um evan frederickson and jay sims at sienna studios on music row um you know uh what's crazy is that again at the rockin podcast that one year jay sims was walking down and he heard them play uh i think it was my song rebound they played it through the loudspeakers before our our talk and he's like who is that and he reached out to me and then like you know down the road here i am like in sienna studios working really meticulously on vocals for this record because jay himself was like he saw me at the exit and he said underdog anthems is a great record and like i love michael wagner he's amazing he said but it doesn't showcase your voice your voice is actually a lot better than what it sounds like on that record um not because of anything michael did and you know i've progressed right. a lot as a vocalist yeah. since then you know and um and i was nervous i was working with michael wagner <laughs> i had like no right to even be there in this every day i was i was like it was like kid in the candy shop like what are we doing today well like you know and um so he he really championed me and and then evan um who is uh marty frederickson's son who's worked with like aerosmith and stuff mm -hmm. and um he helped with the vocal harmonies arranging it and he even sang um the uh background harmonies on ethereal emerald um so uh yeah they they really helped me like dial in the vocals for that so i'm all forever thankful for them and just want to give them a shout out so yeah i will reiterate what jason said you're singing uh, you're singing on the new record is very pretty it's very beautiful um Let's go back to Michael Wagner. Like, how was it difficult for you to to like knowing that, that he was basically retiring then? And when you're trying, like you said, you're still working on getting a producer. So was that difficult at all? Like, or did you have to just go, okay, that's you know, I worked with him, he's done now, and now I move forward. Was there any challenge in that? Yeah, I um, I mean, I I loved working with him 
it it was a, a snapshot in time right like i am i am a snapshot in his uh career and i'm so thankful for that you know um but yeah it was time to find a different sound and uh really explore the artistry way more instead of just being like um because with that record too i felt like i had to overplay a little bit for people to sort of take me seriously and that's just a, a bit of a strange anxiety that comes uh, in part with being like a chick guitarist too because sometimes you have to show up and just be like do sweet picking and bullshit and then people are like oh okay you play I, you know it just it is one of those things but it's, it's getting better I mean people like my little like she's like literally my my little sister little Grace Bowers like she gives me so much oh hope. man she she's a talent Bro, yeah. she, I'm so happy she got she played uh at the basement east with me for my record release show she came up on stage and I'm like this is this is how you do it right you just show up you blow everyone out of the water and she's 17 she just turned 17 yep. yeah yeah she's crazy um, yeah we're, we'll have her on when she turns 18 I don't I feel weird talking to underage kids on this one we're out my kids sit in on it oh <laughs> uh, yeah 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 she I mean man shout out to Grace Bowers little little rock well star. you had a great lineup on your on your album release you had the, um, the 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 Moon City Masters who are awesome yeah Yep, Naked Gypsy Queens. Yeah, it was a it was a killer. Naked Gypsy show. Queens, great yep. we, Brian and I, we need to have that. We've talked about those guys a lot. We need to have them on here as yeah. well. Oh, you guys haven't had them yet? Not, Not yet. yet. I, no. I chatted oh. with him a little bit. I think he was going to be on. He was going to be on the Kentucky special, but then couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys—they exactly. put a killer show. Yeah, super killer show. Yeah. So on this new record, what is the one song that surprised you? Yeah, um, there were a lot of a lot of different surprising moments, um, but the the biggest one was I've got for um, the title the title track only the wild ones. Um, I had a studio full of the best musicians in town, just incredible guys, and they just couldn't do it. They couldn't cut it. It just every time we really? tried to record it, I was like, this is not it i hate this i didn't say that out loud but in my mind i was fuming i was like stop everybody stop this is not how it's supposed to sound it was just like i don't know a crappy like straight ahead beat and the vibe was just like eh like country singer songwriter chick and i'm like that's not it the ja jacks hollow is not there's always a strain there's always like the element that's not you don't expect it there and and I hated it. And so the first session at Sound Emporium, I they we kept the take and I was like, there's no way this is gonna be on the record. This is the title track and it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like what it's supposed to, which is why a producer would help, honestly. You know, <laughs> uh, this is where yeah. a producer comes in, right? And um, so, you know, I was kind of self-producing. I was like, uh, I'm just gonna have to come back and do it again. And so I, I scheduled another day to come in and I don't know why, I don't know, maybe I'm not memorable, but like the guys totally forgot that they even recorded that song. And so when I gave it to them again to record it, they just sat down and naturally did what they did. And that's what you hear on the record. And I was like, that's it. There's not, there's no thought that was put into it. It just, it came out that way. And after that session, I was like, yeah, that's, that's how it's supposed to sound. You know, sometimes the best songs are like that though, right? Like you hear stories all the time of people going in to record something doesn't sound right. 
you come back a day, two days, a week later, and then you sit down and everything comes out differently. Yeah. And I, I tried everything with that song. I even went with Evan and Jay in Sienna Studios. And I was like, we're tracking this song. We're not going to do it to a click. It's just going to be me acoustic. That was shit too. <laughs> like it was, it didn't work. You know, sometimes you really know. And um, yeah, so I, I was like, I have to schedule more time, which I'm glad I did. Cause I didn't write Renegade season until in between those two sessions. And I came back with Renegade season for session two. I'm so glad I did because I was like holding on to that song and I was and it didn't even have lyrics. I'm like, you guys just have to play on this. It's going to be something. They didn't have lyrics. It wasn't even called Renegade Season. It was called The Clock Song because- The Clock Song. Yeah, the original, the original uh, sa- uh, sound I had was like um, for That's like a BPM. Yeah. And then it would it would rewind. And then for the, the chorus, it would be like, chicka, 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 chicka. And then for the verse, it would be like, tick, 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 chicka, 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 chicka. It would be like that. Um, but we got rid of that. I don't know. I guess that again, a producer would have been nice because I was like, Oh, I kind of like that. And then nobody was there to tell me yes or no. So I was like, I guess it's not there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I can't remember where I heard you. If you, it was like in a post or I heard you like in part of an interview or something where you'd mentioned you had to go back and do something after you thought it was finished. So was that like more than one song or yeah, that was mostly only the wild ones uh, for that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other ones, they they really knocked it out of the park. But yeah, for that one, I think that was the main one that we went b- back and did that one. Yeah. My favorite track on the album is your opener, Wolf and Sheepskin. I love everything about it, but I love, love, love the guitar riff. Where did that come from? Dude, uh, do you mean like the intro riff? The opening, the, the main riff. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. Where? How did how'd you come up with that? Yeah, I uh, I was having a like, I don't know, at least like, you know, you, you uh, you have in your artist career, you talk to people all the time, right? They have these super highs, and then they have these very low lows, and I was in one of those very very low lows. Uh, wasn't getting gigs. Uh, broke up with my boyfriend. Um, and I had like a Hendrixy sounding thing that I had played maybe like half a year before then just stuck in my voice memo somewhere. And sometimes when I sit down, I want to write, I'll just thumb through and, and pull up like an old voice memo, which is cool because it's almost like you're hearing it for the first time again. And you've got a new perspective on it. And I was like, man, that's kind of cool. And then I I just fiddled around on the guitar. And in literally 40 minutes, I came up with that whole intro into that weird time change thing. Like, do, 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 right. So it's like four, two, four, two. Um, because the four, two, four, two verse gives the listener a sense of uneasiness and then it hits you with the course it's like four mm-hmm. four and and that those are things that i just geek out about about songwriting is like you can do all these meticulous detailed things and the listener you know whether they choose to like kind of dig into it or not can feel if it's executed right they can feel the tension and release and that's what I really wanted for Wolf and Sheepskin because that's that song's all about the low lows and then it's and and um sleeping in your car and like 
you know, where, how am I going to like eat this month? You know, and holy shit, I'm playing the Ryman, but two people showed up for me in a gig in Kentucky, like three months ago. What is this? <laughs> you know? So that's, I, that I, man, there's one thing I can toot my own horn with is wolf and sheepskin. That tension release. I nailed, I nailed that what I was trying to go for with that. And that never happens in songwriting or rarely happens, but for, I can very like adamantly say, yes, the tension release. Yeah. When I first heard the, from the first note from that song, I was like, what is this? Jax is now an adult. Yeah. This is completely <laughs> different and like amazing from the last album. I mean, it is my favorite song on the record and it just shows I think your evolution as an artist, singer, writer, player, and it's just gorgeous. The whole song is just gorgeous. I mean, so I listen to it all the time still, oh. even, you know, just go back to it because it sticks in my head. Thank you so much, man. I, I, that makes me feel really good, man. I really appreciate that. And we listen to a lot of music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That means a lot. Honestly, that's cool. I, I, I dig that. Yeah, that's a great song. And I really like a Ride or Die a lot it's very intense pretty straight to the point that's a fun chord that's fun to play on guitar um i bet that was that was hard for me because i i can't listen to it because like the guitar tone to me is not good my playing's not good that was the first song i recorded at sound emporium and i was like so in my head and like i was just like pissed off you know when you're in your head and you just get more and more pissed off Mm -hmm. man it's not happening and I wish I could redo Ride or Die because I'm not happy with the lyrics. I'm not happy with like the, the tone. I'm not happy with my playing. And But I'm happy about that chorus. That chorus is ripping. And I'm like, man, if you have such a good chorus for a song, why the hell couldn't I write the rest of it good? And it's just like, at some point in time, you have to like let it go, you know? Well, Brian likes it. He listens hey, to go. a lot of music too. So come on, you know. All right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. good critic there. Listening to it through somebody else's ears. <laughs> right. That's... That's important. That's why you have a producer, right? <laughs> Speaking of producers and songwritings and song and album number three, uh, you got a chance to work with one of our friends from our awesome Nashville band, uh, Tyler Baker from Goodbye June. Tell us a little bit about how you got hooked up with Tyler and what you and Tyler kind of worked on. Yeah, I mean, like we haven't officially worked on anything, but I mean, I'd love to. Are you kidding me? But um, I got connected with him through Jay um in the hook rocks and um yeah uh he let me shadow their session at the smokestack i think like a week or two ago yeah probably two weeks ago and then he invited me to their performance at the gibson garage which was that was a cool performance i saw some clips of that they killed i were a killer band they were good killer i knew they were good but when i heard all those harmonies coming i was like this is stupid I looked around and me, so I brought my little brother with me again and me and my little brother just like fucking like going all out and like dancing and shit. And everyone else in the room is like looking at us like, why are you moving? And I'm like, why are you not? Like, <laughs> you know, this move this it's so good. And um, yeah, and their session, man, I got to hear like what's coming out through the, the, the session speakers and I was, it's going to be a killer killer record i can't wait to hear it yeah well i hear tyler's gonna maybe take you under his wing a little bit and help maybe on some producing or some songwriting ideas that's 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 the rumor yeah i uh yeah i would love that you know like i i think i think we make it happen you know uh, those guys are so good and 
and Tyler is amazing. Tyler's been giving me great advice. And I asked him also, I went around the, I went around the Gibson garage and asked so many people, like, I'm like, do you have advice for me? Cause I just don't know. <laughs> Jared Nichols, Jared Nicholson. I was like, Oh hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Hey, like you from Instagram, the big, like handsome, beefy, like, you know, like he doesn't stick out in the crowd at all. Yeah, no. Yeah. 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 Like I saw him king. from literally like across the room. <laughs> and I was like, what's your advice? And he told me, he said, a lot of guys get on that stage and they don't take it in. And it, and it, it happens so quick and and they treat it like utilize every second and it happens so quick and they don't appreciate the moment and he said do not do that and i took that advice to heart clearly <laughs> like clearly. yeah so thank you jared again like yeah it was cool um to to see him and yeah so goodbye june killed the gibson garage thing and then uh ghost hounds played after them and they were killer too um so it was cool to hang out i felt really out of place obviously because like i don't know i'm not any of their artists or anything i'm just there and also like i play hey, gibson sign her yeah. up i know you play well you know i've never Come on. I, i've never been i've never i've always wanted to play one of those gibson sunburst less Pauls, and oh, yeah. yeah i've never uh never been able to so you can borrow one of mine anytime you want i've got the special and i've got the standard you they're yours whenever you want jack hey <laughs> But yeah, so so that's how I got connected with him, and um, yeah, there. I mean, if anyone hasn't listened to them yet, which you probably have, you listen to this podcast. There, you know, you know what's up. Yeah. I'm seeing them Thursday. They're opening up for Hinder in in my neck of the woods. So I gonna go check out Tyler. I saw him. I saw him twice last year. Once they opened up for uh, one of Brian's favorite bands, Whiskey Myers, yeah. at a big venue, like a three thousand seat outdoor place. And a month later, they played a small club in downtown Columbus. I saw him with probably two hundred people. It was they're they're so those guys should be headlining those bigger theaters and amphitheaters for sure. Like I, they're they are like what you're looking for in a rock band. Everything, everything you want, and then they have, and then they'll kill you with their bangers, and then they'll like bring it down. Yep. They did a new song at the Gibson Garage. <sighs> It's unreleased. I don't remember what the title was, but they like brought it down. Like, and he like really sung out and I was like, oh, that's my favorite thing when a rock band is like, oh yeah, you think you're, you're we're good with our high energy shit. Watch us keep your attention even more when we bring it down. Soulful. They are soulful. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. And you can hear some of Tyler's production work. There's a band out of that we had on. Uh, the Weathered Souls out of Dallas or Fort Worth. Till the Morning Comes, that one was produced by Tyler. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I haven't heard of them yet. Yeah, they got a little bit more of a country flair to the Southern rock, but definitely good. And you can, uh, we had those guys on a couple months ago, Brian. They told some good stories about working with Tyler and how they got a couple song titles out of that with Blowing Up Amps, I believe. Ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> For sure. Hey, we got a Brian. We have another big event too, hot off the press, both figuratively and literally. Guitar World. Jax has a feature feature in Guitar World. Jax, tell us all about that. Yeah, right. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Uh, yeah, like page seventeen in Guitar World magazine. August the, issue. Right now, go get it. Yeah, with the with Motley Crue on the on the top. Yeah. Another reason to get it. We got Vintage Crew. Is Vintage Crew on the cover? Or New Crew. 
vintage or new? Do we know? I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, I wonder where it is. Well, buy it anyways. You're in yeah. page 17. <laughs> How did that come about? How'd you get hooked up doing that? Yeah. So, um, I've got a really fantastic PR company that I've, I've been working with and actually, uh, invited them out to the Ryman show too. shout oh. out to Bobby from baby robot media. Oh, um, I love the name baby robot, Brian. What yeah, do you think, that's, baby robot? Yep. That's they cool. got it going and, uh, they, they made that connection happen. And, um, so, so yeah, they're pretty killer. Well, what's it, tell us what's in your, we'll read it, but like, what do you talk about? Um, it's, it doesn't really go too in depth. Right. It's not like a, yeah, like yeah. a, you know, the, the feature article, but like it's a page ish. Yeah. It's a page and it's like, uh, talks about a bit of the songs and, um, just uh my attitude towards it. it it definitely kept me in like the look at this chick like rock thing like it definitely kept that attitude which is hilarious because we just had a whole conversation of like getting deeper and stuff about uh <laughs> music they they did like um they did say that my song was called ethereal diamond instead of ethereal emerald which... oh, oh come on Who's the <laughs> but, editor but you know it's okay like i, I to be in it is like pretty pretty like incredible so uh, i yeah i don't really yeah so so two pretty good defining moments you played the ryman opening up for melissa etheridge and you made guitar world not a bad uh couple weeks yeah not bad yeah so what will happen next is there some touring plans yeah i'm pretty open i'm kind of waiting to see what falls into place there is a a really good um show that's in the works now that i'll be able to announce okay right when it's in right yeah right, right when it's yeah, solidified. Yeah. <laughs> um but as far as tour i'm looking at another europe run november 1st through the 14th so that'll be really cool um and but other than that, I don't have like any big, big tours. So if there's like an artist that wants to take me on the road, I'm available. You know, that would be great. I think that would be wonderful for you, right? For the experience, for the audience, and just give you sense of security. I think you know that's why a lot of lot, that's why a lot of younger artists go out with established acts. That's what it does. Yeah, I mean, and obviously they they want you to bring something to the table with them and. And I hope that maybe after playing this show, um, it maybe increases my legitimacy in a way. I don't know. Um, to that maybe I, I would say I, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't maybe think... I could be an asset to the band, you know, because you want to be able to give them people to show up to. You, yes. you know, gotta be a two-way street. So is it easier to land the European tours? Because we talked to so many people that talk about how that crowd is when we don't want to put down you know american crowds yeah, but, but we're something about and, you know, we're it's so even fickle. more so or more embracing or i don't know what word to use but it, it, we've had other people tell us that do you find that a hundred percent yeah i mean i'm sure you've had you know other people talk about it too uh mm -hmm. they seem to like the genre better over there at this at this time and place where we are right now rock blues that kind of thing is more well received over there um 
you know, we're sort of in love with, I don't know, what the hell, like rap, pop, whatever the fuck, mumble rap, whatever's going on. I'm not sure what we're in love with. (laughs) We, you know, so good luck. You know, we're in love with not actual people playing real music and real instruments anymore, which sucks. Um, Nashville's still in love with it, which is great, which is why I'm here, you know. Um, But yeah, overseas, it is so cool to play to a crowd and to interact with them, even if they don't, you know, even if like you're in Belgium and they're like uh, getting maybe some some of it, maybe some some not of the lyrics, like there's still the feeling of the live music. And that's the coolest thing, because um, that transcends all of this other bullshit. Everything's happening in the world of the crazy things. Um, that's why people go is to feel that connection with live music. And I think that's kind of hard to do when everything's already pre-recorded and you're playing to tracks. No offense. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, a lot of the, a lot of like Brian said, a lot of artists we talk to that we love that are great, man, they just kill it overseas. Like Robert John on the Wreck, The Cold Stairs, Jared James Nichols, Jane Lee Hooker. Like these, mm-hmm. they have really cool shows, bills, audiences that I'm like, what the fuck, U.S. Like, why aren't why? You know, why don't we have this widespread embracing, like you said, Jax, real artists playing real music. It's authentic. I I hope that changes. Me too. Um, maybe. I mean, I have a theory that everyone over here is actually a lot of people are just really struggling to get by. And going being in Germany for especially uh, this past year for like a month, they got to figure it out, man, like. There's like cafes and people are paid to do their jobs and their social structure is Yeah, good. there's just there's time to actually enjoy and like live yeah. in the arts. Maybe it's just maybe that's just me thinking out loud, but like No, you're right. My my, my wife's from Europe, uh, half German, half Dutch. We've, you know, gone over there. I agree with that. Like it's it's yeah. been like that for a long time. It sucks because there's so many people who probably have never seen live music and don't know that of like I don't know, the benefits of like taking a second to be out of everything you're doing. And that's, that's our job is to take you away from that and elevate you. And so that when you leave the theater or leave the venue, no matter how many people are there, you feel you're in a different state of mind. You're, we have contributed something towards your, your mental well-being. I guess, you know? Yeah. And it's funny though, the bands, the rock bands that are still playing, like stadiums and things are the legacy artists. There's few of them, but you know, like a stone to you two, we've got Motley Crue and Def Leppard here in Columbus tonight at Ohio, Ohio state by me. Like there are bands like goodbye June that should be bigger and playing those 2,500 to 3,500 seat theaters based on talent, ability, skill, Blackberry smoke should be playing stadium. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, mind boggling to me that these bands that do such good songs and are so talented and have everything you look for in rock band, just they don't get that foothold in America. I wonder if that'll change in like, I don't know, three years from now, or if it's just gonna, I don't know, uh, maybe, maybe it'll, it'll blow up. Maybe we need a crossover. You know, that's what you need. We need a crossover. And I think we were talking to what Brian, Matt Wake, a couple months or so ago and he says one of these newer artists just needs to date like a mega um social media star and like bring right. out the light you know what i you know what i mean and like get that out there hey that's a good idea yeah or maybe Jax can do that ah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah 
what I want to say in compliment to you is we appreciate you know the younger people that are that are playing this kind of music and and i know it is predominantly down in the southeast i think jason gets a good amount of traffic coming through you know it's glimmers of hope up here in the upper north midwest whatever you want to call it but uh it's just it's it's great to see down there in that area younger people that are like you know trying to pick up this torch and, and run with it so we really appreciate that that you do that yeah, I mean, I love it. You know, I, there's just nothing to. There's nothing quite like it. You know, Hendrix, Fleetwood Mac, like uh, Zeppelin. It's just, um, so I, you know, I go on YouTube, especially before the Ryman show. I actually scheduled it out on my schedule. Uh, inspiration YouTube, thirty minutes, and and I would go on YouTube and I would watch like like Stevie Nicks, like the way she just that that video of her back in the day. Um, I think she was singing Rhiannon or something, and or like um heart and that that intro for heart how fucking badass that is and like um chuck berry when he does this thing and he like gets down and he moves his legs around and and um there's just something about i don't know what it's called there's it's just uh it's called being a rock star yeah it's just performance it's just it's not just entertainment it's like when you watch that you feel like you get out of a really great movie and you're like okay, I'm like a pirate now. Like I watched yeah, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. When I was a kid, I would jump around the couch and be like, no, no, I'm a pirate now. I feel that energy. Like that's me now. Like, you know, like I, it's the same thing with music. You know, you watch it, something it like that and you're like- It inspires you, right? You yeah. energize a spot and inspire. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much time we can spend on it now, but it's there's always this kind of like duality of there's not the big, huge corporate promotion machine that, that, that helped build up and create you know rock stars when you you're talking about stevie nicks and it's almost like you know the image like she almost like floats above the ground you know um so there's that but then it seems like there's the the benefit of you know you're not pressured to sell millions of records and you can still keep going so like i said it's is the coolest time to be an independent artist it is also the most like anxiety producing time to be an independent artist right so It's just a really cool, interesting time. And I, and I used to I used to want to be back in the day. I kind of wish I was. But now I'm kind of like, we can make this art. You can kind of make it your own. Why not? You know? I, I get it. You've got the freedom from your own art to create what you want. But you also don't have the support, the PR, like, you know, all helping you there. All helping you do these other things that now you as an independent artist have to do. You know, social media, book shows, whatever. Yeah. And and if there's any independent artists out there listening, keep doing your thing. You know, you keep discovering and try to find what makes you uniquely you, you know, um, because there's a reason that you can't stop thinking about creating because you're a creator. Like, there's no rhyme and reason to that. You just are. So do you know and things will follow yeah besides the younger girl that you mentioned earlier is there anyone else new that we might not know about it that's kind of come out of nowhere that impresses you hmm that's a good question um i feel like i'm i hear about new sort of like um i get i want to i want to call it revival rock i don't know um kind of bands like that new classic rock right yeah 
and and uh i hear bands coming in in nashville a lot um i can't think grace bowers is the first one that comes to mind because she's just so cool and i actually saw her at the gibson she's got that hair like that yeah dude she got the hair too she's so killer and um she's so nice and I remember seeing her at the Gibson garage and my little brother met her and, and we were just, we were talking and cause we felt disconnected almost like she was just hanging out by, I don't know, the catering, the food, you know, obviously where me and my brother went first <laughs> of course. and, uh, and um, I don't know, I was just talking to her. I was like, man, I feel disconnected. Like everyone's got these clicks over there. They're all talking, interviewing, doing cool stuff. And there she is just being cool as ever, just hanging out, not saying much, just like us, you know? you know just an introverted artist and i don't know so i i got i think i mean everyone else thinks she's awesome too but um i'll try to think of new people around town sometimes i see uh social media posts and stuff and and i, I try to keep up and and uh find more new local art artists so yeah yeah i've, I've definitely been watching grace bowers brian because through instagram and she's 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 got she's got the it factor going for sure. You know, she's just got to stick with it. Yeah. And stay being she, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she's like even been on stage with a Jared James Nichols and some other people, too. I've seen her get up and play with around town. She's already played the Ryman stage twice when I talked to her. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot who she played with. But yeah, just go on her Instagram. and You'll be like, oh, shit. She was at the Ryman and then she's at like the underdog in East Nashville. You know, she, she hops, it doesn't right. matter to her because she's like, I don't know. I just got a lot of respect for her and other people like that who are just in it to like experience life, meet people. And um, I just want to keep surrounding myself with those kinds of people. You know, as you should, as you should. Is are there? I know we're kind of get at time here, Brian. Is there anything last for Jax that you've got? Uh, nothing I can think of. I lo I love Jax. Jax, I love that you are hitting these highs right now because you know we met you a couple years ago at, at Nashville Rock and Pod, and we could really tell one that you're talented too. Like you're you're a good person, and so we love to see you doing well and and hearing about your journey and being like seeing the evolution of you as an artist. Yeah. Like I said, we're very yes. proud of you. Very proud of you. Uh, we've, we've adopted you. You're you're like our official little sister of the podcast, yep. just so you know. Like you're cool. you've, you've been adopted. <laughs> you know, Cheers. you know what what's ironic about that is when Stevie Nicks plays or played played with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Tom always intro introduced her as our little sister, Stevie Nicks. So if it's okay, we can from now on introduce you as our little sister, Jack Solo. I love it. I'm so okay with that. Yeah. It's, it's like when I see my kids do well and get, you know, you get proud of, like, we be very, we're very proud of all these things that are coming happening. We know there's going to be more. If, as long as, and we want to talk to you as long as you have time for us in the future. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Don't forget on. the little guys, Jax. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what can we expect next from you though i know you're working on some tours is there anything that you can announce or where should people go to check out your music buy your merch and all the other good stuff yeah if you would like to support me and help me not starve and help me get away from downtown nashville on broadway um please buy my merch at uh, jackshollow.com shop and then and you've had new merch i saw new shirts yeah yeah new merch nice, yeah. 
new t-shirts uh we got the cds out there for only the wild ones so you can listen to only the wild ones on your favorite streaming platform which is probably spotify <laughs> you know what what pays they, the best for you like streaming like what honestly for an artist like where do you get the most back from so far not a lot uh <laughs> uh you know that's kind of the problem right like, <laughs> not um, for lack of me trying i've been spending no, yeah, so much yeah, stuff no. uh shit man yeah uh please stream like do they all pay different the spotify and amazon and like apple no. all pay differently for spins or is it all about the same yeah dude it's not going too good uh i don't know it's I don't, I still don't get it. You know, maybe I'm not doing it right. Maybe you have to pay for ads. I don't know. I, again, you do it yourself and you, you just, there's a lot I'm not tapping into, which is why I'm looking for a great team, some great people, yep. you know, to help sort of, cause that's all that happens. You know, Melissa Etheridge reaches, reaches out a great person, a gatekeeper, Michael Wagner, a gate, a gatekeeper, a great person reaches out, bam. Like, you know, that's, that's how it happens. So um, if anyone who's good with that stuff wants to reach out, <laughs> I'm here, you know, marketing, all that stuff. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying, but it's hard. You Do know? you have a contact link though on your, on your website or anything for everybody that's listening that, that may know or may want to help? Yeah. I just have one email address called just booking at jackshollow.com. Like you can send anything to that. Um, if you want to reach out to me, that's, that's the official way. So yeah, reach out to me. So go to her website, stream her music, right, Brian? She's got two records. They're both great. Stream, 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 bye, bye, bye. Talk to your local place to, to book Jax. What else should we do? What else do we need to do to support you, Jax? Yeah, I think that's it. That sounds pretty good to me right there. Yeah. Buy Guitar World, so show up to one yeah. of her performances so she can autograph it. Hey, yeah, stream Ethereal Diamond. <laughs> not, a, not a stream Ethereal Diamond. Oh, so we, Brian and I know two writers at Guitar Actually, three. We know Alan Paul, like who's the one of the mm -hmm. editors. I'm going to give those guys shit tonight, Brian. Andrew Daly, Matt Wake, and Alan Paul are all going to get an, a text from me. But not too much shit because like, being in there like means a lot to me. I just, I don't want to. Jack says she is not getting back on or giving you access until yeah, you right. change yeah. that ethereal <laughs> diamond and do a. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> you got to act like a little bit of a diva. You know, you got to have that edge. No, no, you're too nice to do that. We love having you back on. Please come back anytime. Thank you for your time. We know you're busy. A lot of cool shit going on. Go to her website. Brian, what am I missing? Uh, new record is called Only the Wild Ones. And we want to thank our little sister, Jack Solo, for coming on again. Thank you so much. Uh, always a joy talking to you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much to our little sister, Jack's Hollow. Official. It's official, Brian. It is official. Just like... Uh, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers used to say, welcome to the stage, our little sister, Stevie Nicks. So now our little sister is Jax Hollow. Um, she has I really been adopted. <laughs> I enjoyed that she brought up Jay and how, you know, Jay has had her on his podcast. We've been on his, he's been in ours. And what what he's helped her with in, in, in getting her hooked up with Tyler from Goodbye June is cool, so... Thank you, Jay, for that. And uh, and he's thanked us, Brian, for yeah. introducing Jax. Yeah, for sure. To Jay. Yeah. yeah, that's how this for all sure. works out. Yeah. It is like a big family it's thing. It's very, yeah. very cool. Very cool. I didn't know about the cruise ship. 
thing. I didn't know she'd done that. I well, I follow her on Instagram or our account follows her on yeah. Instagram, and she had a lot of clips and things from that of of you know, because an artist and a pin art, you gotta engage your followers and she had a lot a lot of clips Ty, uh uh connor shank who we yep. talked to a couple times yep. read the rock and pods does the same thing it's a you know uh i believe leilani had done that at one point years ago too i think it's like a sort of a rite of passage and a good way to make some bank pretty quickly yeah sounds like it and brian we heard which was cool is like it gave her time to practice Mm -hmm. She didn't have to worry about right. her rent, her food, anything else. She showed up to play her slots. And then she had all the time to work on her songwriting because she didn't really have a stress point being on the ship. So there were positives about that. Yeah. Um, and I like that uh, she, you know, um, got into a little more detail about the difference of the first record and this one, this one being a little more open, a little more vulnerable and not as quite as like, here I am and, you know, showcases her voice over her guitar playing which by the way is really wonderful man it is just was well, just an eye-opening thing on this record how good her voice is very 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 pretty singing by her very pretty singing and uh also once again we got to talk about you know the european crowds and and how they're so embracing of, of this kind of music as we see are. the other kind of bands there to play they, this kind of music. Man, they they really um they come out for it. I don't know if they enjoy it more, but they're more they're more willing to come out to a show and enjoy what's going on. And it makes me jealous because I see all these great bills go out there. I mean, Robert John on the wreck is always over in Europe doing because that's that the crowd loves them. Um Jared James Nichols was out with Doomsday Outlaw. And another band that I really, The Wolf uh, out of Belgium, they had a bill mm -hmm. together. I'm like, that is, that th those three bands on a bill would be incredible. Why can't we have that over here? Exactly. Yeah. Mojo Thunder spent pretty much the whole month month of March over there. And I think Jane Lee Hooker did five weeks in yeah. Europe just now, you know, and playing like, I want Jane Lee Hooker to do five weeks over here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The cold stairs kill over in Europe. They keep going Everybody back. Everybody does like, when they go over there. Yeah. Right. We want those bands here. Come on, U.S. Whatever you're listening to, you need to stop and listen to the music that we have. on. Yeah, and we need it to get beyond the southeast, and we need it to go farther west and north. And So hopefully... We need the radio stations and everybody up media to pick it up to promote it, because why we do what we can, and Jay and everybody else does what they can, they need help that goes beyond our podcasts. Yeah, and we're trying to trying to do it ourselves, but uh, we need some more help out there. So, uh, and they're great artists and great people like Jax Hollow, who are tremendously talented, who put out great music and are good people. That we need to be successful. And we've got some great listeners that, that try to help out with that, and hopefully we can uh, get some more folks like voicing their opinions and supporting this music. So that'd be great. If you That's got good great. connections, you got Jax's email in the interview or go to our website, booking at jaxhollow.com. Send her a note. All right. So, yeah, let's all get it together and get this music uh, promoted more and moving farther and faster. So thank you guys all for listening. Always remember, Southern Rock is reverent. Blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 